Welcome to the Comic Web's Old Time Radio Podcast. Each week we feature an episode from the golden years of radio. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs, comic books, and more. Check us out at comicweb.com. We are presenting two shows this week. We just put up for sale My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball on the Comic Web. It's basically a precursor to the I Love Lucy show. But to be honest, even though Lucille Ball was a pioneer and set the tone of sitcoms for decades, I just never really got into it. So first we'll have an episode of Bold Venture starring Humphrey Bogart, and then we'll follow that up with an episode of My Favorite Husband. Once again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. Now in Havana there is a small hotel From here to there they come pell-mell No elevators or curtains of lace It's known all over as Shannon's place <laughs> You like that, Mr. Slate? Oh, sure do You have another verse, King? Every time, Miss Sailor Look, we've got work to do If you don't mind, I'd like to get on with it Right now we mind King's in a singing mood Go ahead, King. Mr. Shannon, he run this small hotel. He man who like Havana so well. He would rather starve in this city than have a million dollars in Cincinnati. <laughs> Thanks, King. Now it's your turn, Whit. Go ahead. Well, we've been sitting here for three hours now talking about it. All I'd like you to do is say yes or no. What'll I say, sailor? Yes or no? Well, I'd like it. It's a thing I've always wanted to do. If you want my opinion, Mr. Slate... Sure. I've heard stories like this before. Spanish gold. Nothing ever happens. Down in the barrio, secret treasure maps get sold all day long. I know the man who draws them. The man just made a point, Whit. I beg your pardon, and, and yours, too. Because I'm not making myself clear. Look, I have nothing so tangible as a map. All I have is this knowledge that on the island in Flamingo Cay there is Spanish gold. And this you land in college. That's right. Now, you people don't have to smile about it. Mr. Cheney and I are serious. That's why he sent me to you. You don't have to smile. I wasn't smiling. Thank you, Mr. Val. Let's see the charts again. <laughs> sure, sure, Mr. Cheney. Now, look. See? Your boat could make it easily right along the banks, eh? Now, here. Here's Flamingo Cay, about 30 small islands. Now, this one. Here, here's one. Due south of Exmouth Sound. Here's a nickel slate. Yeah. Heads we go, tails we don't. Tails. Tails we don't. I said two out of three. <laughs> yeah, that's right, you did. Heads. One more. Heads. Heads we go. We'll start in the morning, Whit, about six. Oh, that's swell, swell. I'll see you then, huh? Uh, I don't think I'll be able to sleep. You won't be sorry. Take it easy, boy. Whit. Uh-huh? Did he bite? <laughs> I learned a word for his type in college. Sucker. <laughs> I want to tell you something, Joe, just between you and me. All right. I feel good. Ah, 
I feel good all over. Well, I'm glad for you. Yeah, that's a feeling I like. All that loot just waiting for me. For both of us. For both of us. You're a greedy boy, Whit. That's what makes you so useful. But you'll remember something, Whit. Anything you ask me, I'll remember. Anything you tell me, I'll remember. That's good, because it's my party I call the dance you won't forget now, college boy. <laughs> Joe, tell me more about yourself. Tell me again how a man like you comes on a dream like this. Yeah, I had me a boat once. I tore the insides out of it on a coral reef in Flamingo Cay, and I got ashore. It is like you said, the stuff that glinted on the beach wasn't just sand. You make me young again, Joe. It just lay there teasing me, pirate loot whispering to me in the sun. Then a shadow come over it, a guy and his wife. Mr. and Mrs. Mark Bryan? Yeah, a college boy, Mark Bryan and his wife. He told me the island belonged to them. He told me don't touch. He told me fix your boat and go away. I went away. But he won't do that to us again, will he? Uh-uh, college boy. And our sucker, Slade Shannon. And that pretty drain hangs on him. <laughs> what do we do with them, Joe? We use them. Then we lay a Spanish doubloon on their foreheads so they shine in the sun. So the seagulls can find them. Oh, thank you, Joe. I can sleep now. I hope you're a good navigator, Shannon. Now don't worry about it. That college boy, Whit, he looks worried, and he's got an education. The bold venture has gotten through barrier reefs before. Hey, look, Cheney, why don't you trail your feet in the water, light a cigarette, or spit into the wind, the things people are supposed to do on a boat? Well, you're a good sailor, Shannon. Look at that island. That's pretty, huh? All that loot, and all you have to do is tie up at that pier. It's pretty small. I'll make it. Five feet here, Slade. Shannon. Yeah? It's not a whole lot of room between the bottom of this boat and that coral. Quarter less five. Charlie off, Slade. Four. Easy. Ah, yeah, that does it. We'll tie up here. Maybe. Huh? Look what we got, a committee standing on the beach. He's got a gun, Cheney. What is this? What it is is Mark Bryan and Ms. Bryan looking as red-headed as usual. Taylor! Taylor, come here. What is it, Slate? I'll make it fast. I'm going calling. Hey, that looks like a shotgun the man's holding. He couldn't miss with it if he tried. Just make it fast, sailor. Hello. Get out of here. Your name Brian? You're Mrs. Brian. My name is Slate Shannon. Hello, Slate Shannon. Get back on your boat and get out of here. I've counted four on your boat. We can put you up. We're lousy with bamboo shacks. I weave them in my spare time. You've come for the gold. It's dug up and put away. I didn't say anything about gold. Who are you trying to fool? That man, him, standing on the pier? Don't you think I know him? <laughs> Joe Cheney. Why don't you just listen for a minute? Listen? You listen. What do you think I... Oh! Brian. Oh. oh that crazy mm. college punk. Shot my husband. What do you know? Someone finally called Mark's bluff. Pick him up, oh. Mr. Shannon. As I said, I've got accommodations for everybody. Oh. Sorry, Mr. Bryan. Uh, it's all right, my boy. 
I don't expect you to mend me without some hurt. One more twist of bandage and you... Oh, oh. You know, you're a good oh. place. If I'm ever shot in the shoulder, if I'm ever hurt, remind me to call you. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, two weeks and you'll have your shoulder back, Mr. Bryan. Uh, you want me to be grateful? Shall I kiss the hands that heal me? I think we could bear it. Uh, don't misunderstand me, you two. It's only that for me, the difference between living and dying is very slight. I'd rather wish your friend had potted me into eternity. I'll go get your wife, Mr. Bryan. No, no. No. Leave her there with her newfound excitements. Two new men. That can make Lucy very happy. See? This occasion is a rare delicacy for Lucy. Life with me on my island bores her. It's bored her for 12 years. You could have taken her away. Anywhere in the world she wanted to go. And maybe she'd be with you on your head. You mean the gold. The gold you and your friends are so hungry for? <laughs> You're quite right. I could have used it for that. But I have no taste for it. Then this wasn't a college boy's fairy tale. There is gold here. Mr. Bryan? Enough to make all men kneel at your feet, Miss Duval. I need gold for that slate. You heard what the man said. Then listen more to what I say. This is your fee for probing in my shoulder, for trespassing on a world I meant to keep for myself. Wash up, Slate. Get your money and let's get out of here. Not money, Mr. Val. A suggestion. I suggest you and Mr. Shannon take your friends and get off my island. I suggest you forget its existence. I suggest you will never find what you're looking for. <laughs> Except that. Except the sound of death. Good night, you two. Sleep well. You done good, college boy. You impressed Miss Bryan, I could tell. <laughs> Redheads and me, Joe, there's an affinity. I tell her the things I'd do for a girl like her if only I had money, so she whispers in my ear where her husband hid the loot. The other side of the island. Take it, she says. It's yours. And now you go to work on Miss DeVal, a sailor girl, huh, where? Hide someplace where you can watch me, Joe. It'd be a revelation to you. I couldn't live without it. You're on your own, college boy. Now, don't louse it. She'll love every minute of it. Goodbye, Joe. Oh, it's you. I thought You it... have the look of a girl who's sorry she's alone, Mr. Val. As if you were waiting for someone to knock at your door. <laughs> but not me. Right again. Not you. Uh, Mr. Shannon. Slate said he wanted to look around the island. Maybe you'll go find him for me. Uh, no. We've had a nice chat. Good night. You dislike me for shooting Mr. Bryan? I'll find other reasons. Give me time. Anything you ask, Mr. Val. I thought that if you're really tired of being alone, we could go for a walk. Tropic moon, the surf. Sometimes a girl wants things like that. Go beat on another shack, college boy. I've got strong sales resistance. Even with this gun in my hand? It could shoot your resistance full of holes, Mr. Val. It could. Why don't we walk, Mr. Val? You and I. 
Get decent and open the door. I thought maybe you'd like to walk. Walk right in. Huh? Walk right in, Shannon. Don't ever argue with a 45. Walk. Good. Turn around, Shannon. What did you do with Sailor? Bite your lip, kid. Bite it hard. <laughs> You stay unconscious too long, Shannon, you rot. Come on. Come on, Slate. Oh, you'll have to do better than that. What the... Open your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, Help me up. Mm Thanks. Where's Sailor? In the boat. I guess she's in the boat. Look out the window. Huh? Yeah. Hey, the boat... Gone? That's right. She's in the boat. Only the boat's gone. All we have to do is dig right here. That redhead crossed me off. Keep your sweat for the digging, college boy. It'll be here. I said dig. Maybe if he digs hard enough, it'll turn out to be his grave. <laughs> You're real funny, Mr. Val. You run a boat good, and you're real funny. What did you do to Slate? Or did I forget to tell you? I hit him on the head with the butt end of this forty-five. It must have hurt him because he didn't talk back. That's what I'd done with Slate. You dig for a while, Joe. I want to tell a lady about the splendors of where we are. Little-known facts. She'll enjoy it. Do that, college boy. Maybe it'll do something for me, too. This lagoon you sail us into, Mr. Val, it's really just a saltwater lake filling up a hole that used to be a volcano. Imagine that. And all of this, this cove with these sheer cliffs all around, rising up into the sky like a cry for help. Stunning, isn't it? makes me weep, the sheer stunningness of it. And that hurricane hovering over us like a black-winged bird. But it won't touch us here. Because Mother Nature built this place so no storm could touch it. Hammers for the million things. And on the other side of the island, you're Mr. Shannon. The redhead, her husband, all at the mercy of a tropical hurricane and no place to hide. Will you cry for Mr. Shannon? Oh, I, I found it, kid. It's here. Just like she said, it's all here, wrapped in an old sail. Uh, let me look at it, Joe. Get out of the way so I can look at it. We're through here, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Make the boat ready, Mr. Val. We're sailing away from this lovely place. Wrong again, college boy. What? The black-winged hurricane, remember? The one you were telling me about? Boats die in it. Even with me sailing them. Joe, she's right. We wait here till it blows away. <laughs> I don't mind, Joe. I don't mind a bit. I got the gold to keep me warm. <laughs> and the whole thing strikes you funny. 
Oh, consider it, Shannon. Look at it the way I do and join me in a big, fat laugh. Yeah, I know. It's about your husband. You're getting a reaction from his shoulder wound. Him? Lying in our shack, drinking up all this tropical paradise? Him? <laughs> no, nope. You want to know what makes me laugh? I can see it from here. The moon. I can see it. A fire moon, a hurricane moon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Mrs. Bryan. It's an intimate time. Say to Lucy, I'll answer you. Where did they take Sailor? Lucy. Where did they take her, Lucy? Now we're intimate and you worry about Sailor. So help me up. You gonna hit me? Go ahead if you operate that way. Chaney and Whit put her on the boat because she can navigate out of this reef. Tell me where they went. The other side of the island. We could cuddle up, make a song out of that. That's where the loot is, isn't it? It's where I help Mark bury it. Ah, now I know what's funny. I'll laugh at you and you laugh at me. That's one way of spending a hurricane. Maybe you're not impressed. That hurricane's really coming. Listen to me, Lucy. I didn't figure it, Shannon. Whenever someone whispers in my ear, I tingle all over. I told them where the treasure was and they ran out on me. We gotta get out of here. None of us is getting out of here. How do we get to the other side of the island? Why? What for? You've got to listen to me, Lucy. The other side of the island, we've got to get there. You know a way, don't you? It's far. We'll get your husband. He can walk. We can't leave him here. It's far. Can't be too far. It's a small island, Lucy. You miss the mood, huh, Shannon? Sure. Sure, I'll take you. All you gotta do is hold my hand. You know something, Joe? What? I'm glad we're down here, not up there. People could die up there on top of the island in that hurricane, and we don't want to die, do we, Joe? That's right, kid. I sit here and I dream of what I can do with all this loot. Makes me shudder. Sends chills down my back. Care to share it with me, Mr. Ryan? Maybe I would. What? Because I see you in a new light, college boy. That would be the reflection of all this gold, wouldn't it? That's part of it. Tell me, what else would there be? You, the way you are. The dark things you stir up in a girl once she gets to know you. And... When did this wonderful thing happen to me? It began when you came into Shannon's place. It built when you shot Mr. Bryan. And the way you handled me when you made me bring you here in the boat. I liked it. You surprised me. How do you figure me, Joe? I don't have to, I know. Leave her alone, kid. She's got a point, Joe. It interests me. Burn up dreams, you and me. I'll sell her. Burn them. Blow the ashes away. Start new ones. Whatever you say. Uh-huh. Joe? What's the matter, you kid? You going crazy? Put that gun away before I slap you across the mouth with it. You won't be able to do that, Joe. I'll tell you why. Oh, you filthy soap! <laughs> That's why, Joe. Brush your cheek against mine, sailor. I'm in love. Okay, Brian. Now, you didn't have to take me. Two of you could make it faster. You lean on me. Leave him alone, Shannon. What's the matter with you? I said leave him alone. Do you love him all of a sudden? Shut up. How much further? Uh, we'll never make it. Never. Down that crater. 
There's a passageway that leads to the other side. Then we can... That tree! Watch out! Help me! Oh, it's no use. Help me! You can't. I, I can't. I can't budge the tree. Mark. 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 Come on, Lucy. You can't help him. <laughs> Lucy. Get out of here. Get out. You can't stay here. I did wrong, Mark. I did wrong in this happened. It's my fault, Mark. It's my fault. He's dead. No. No, it isn't my fault. It's your fault, Sharon. Coming here with that boat. Those men. Get out. Get out, will you, and leave me with my husband. The wind's dying. You'll be all right. Uh, can't you understand? I want to be with Mark. Tell him how sorry I am. Wind's just about gone, Sally. Let's go see all those pretty places we were going to see. Maybe we ought to stay around for a while. Maybe the hurricane will start up all over again. No, it never does. Let's go. I think we ought to wait. Come on. Give me a hand with this stuff. Wait. Come on, I said. <laughs> Look at it, baby. How much do you think there is there? I wouldn't know. It'll be enough for what we want it for. That's a happy sound, huh? Wait a minute. Well, 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 what do you know? Look what the storm blew in. Slate. Slate Shannon, trying to be quiet as a mouse. You're clumsy, Mr. Shannon. Try it with your hands in the air. You all right, sailor? Yes, it's fine. I'm going to have to tell you something, Mr. Shannon. You're going to have to die. I'm going to have to kill you. Let him be, Wit. Just let him be. I asked you something, sailor. I asked you if you're all right. You didn't tell me. Slate, don't come near me. He'll kill you. No, you're wrong. I won't kill him. You'll kill him. You're fond of me, remember? Here, take my gun. Go on, take it. That's right. Now shoot him. You're not a very bright college boy, are you, Wit? Five bit of cap. Don't point the gun at me. Point it at him. Go ahead, shoot him. Don't come any closer. Sailor, let him have it. I warned you, Wit. You aren't really fond of me at all, Sam. Stay where you are, Mr. Shannon. This other gun, Joe's gun, is loaded. All the bullets in the gun Sailor's holding are in Joe. What do you do with us now? Kill us both? Only you. Slate. You tried, Sailor. Pick up that sailcloth with the coins in it. Pick it up, Shannon. That's right. Might as well lead a short and useful life. Now carry it over to the boat. Show him the way, Sailor. That's right. You get your feet wet, but it won't matter. What are you going to do with all this money? Convert it into coin of the realm, then live. <laughs> Sailor helped me plan the whole thing. Dry him off first, please. Why, you... Watch it, Sailor. I... I'll tell you... Start holding your breath, wet. <sighs> what do you know? Short-winded. Slate, you'll kill him. Don't suggest anything, sailor. Let him up. Uh, see? I let him up. He's breathing, too. Maybe they'll put a stop to that in Havana. 
Piece of eight. We go on a treasure hunt and we come up with one crummy piece of eight. <laughs> Mrs. Bryan said you could take all you wanted. Well, this is all I wanted. Flip it. What for? Well, it's night. I want to go for a walk on the beach. You never want to take me. All right. Heads, I'll take you. Tails, I won't. Tails, I won't. Two out of three, Slate. Oh. Tails again. Sailor. Uh-huh. Three out of five. Isn't that the way we play it? And so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in Bold Venture. Next, we have an episode of My Favorite Husband called Anniversary Presents. My Favorite Husband was Lucille Ball's first regular radio show. It debuted in July 1948 and ran until 1951. Initially written as a situation comedy about an affluent banker and his wife, it was soon rewritten to become more accessible to the burgeoning middle class, reflecting post-war suburban life. Lucille Ball was cast as Liz Cooper, wife of George Cooper, played by Richard Denning. My Favorite Husband was a precursor to the I Love Lucy show, and in it, Ball honed the scatterbrained housewife character that would become her trademark. As on her later television show, Ball's character was constantly getting into jams of her own devising, with the willing assistance of friend Iris Atterbury, wife of George's boss, much to the chagrin of long-suffering husband George. The roles of George's boss, Rudolph Atterbury and Iris Atterbury, models for Fred Nettel Mertz, were played by the redoubtable Gail Gordon, who was also Mayor Latrivia on Fibber McGee and Molly, and Principal Osgood Conklin on Armis Brooks, who I'm sure you remember from last week, and B. Benaderet, also on Fibber McGee and Molly, The Jack Benny Show, and Campbell Playhouse. Gordon and Benaderet were given first consideration for the roles of the Mertzes, but contract conflicts forced them to turn down the television roles. The initial sponsor for the show was Jell-O, and the gelatin dessert became an integral part of the show, including the usual greeting of Jell-O, everybody, from Ball at the beginning of the show. My Favorite Husband ended, ended its run in 1951, concurrent with the debut of I Love Lucy. And now, kids, it's time for a Comic Web Radio Secret Society code. 27 4 8 21 5 3 just enter this code at www.comicweb.com slash secretsociety.htm. 
Deciphering the Code will give you all the benefits of membership in the Comic Web Radio Secret Society. Benefits include more free episodes, fun facts, a certificate of membership, and you get 15% off any order from the Comic Web. Just use the word on checkout where we ask for a coupon code. The code again is 27482153. If you have any comments on how to improve our podcast, please send an email to us or fill out the survey on our website. Our email is editor at comicweb.com, and we would appreciate anyone leaving reviews of the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else. And now, my favorite husband. Yes, it's the new gay family series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Dunning as Liz and George Cooper, two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Cooper household, it's a bright, sunshiny morning. Outside, the birds are singing. And inside, Liz Cooper is singing, too. Here comes the bride, here comes the bride. Now, you may think this is an odd song to sing in the morning, but this isn't just any morning. It's the Cooper's 10th wedding anniversary. And just thinking of being married to George for 10 whole years makes Liz feel like singing. Morning, Katie. Morning, Mrs. Cooper. What are you so happy about? Don't you know what day this is, Katie? Yes, it's Friday. No, it's something much more special than that. Oh, of course. This is the day they collect the garbage. <laughs> oh, Katie. Today is my wedding anniversary. George has been my favorite husband for ten years. Oh, Mrs. Cooper, it hasn't been ten years. Well, not exactly. It's really been nine years, eleven months, twenty-nine days, twenty-two hours, and forty-five minutes. I knew it was ten years. <laughs> Just think, Katie, ten years ago I was an eager young bride of twenty-one. And today I'm an old married woman of twenty-five. <laughs> oh, how time flies. I wonder what George will give me. What is the tenth anniversary, Katie? The fiftieth is gold and the twenty-fifth is silver. Is the tenth diamond or china? It's tin. <laughs> tin? T-I-N? That's right, like in C-A-N. Oh. Well, George probably doesn't know anything about it being tin, so let's not tell him. What he doesn't know won't hurt me. Oh, you'll be lucky if Mr. Cooper remembers it's your anniversary. Why, Katie, of course you'll remember. I don't know. Husbands have strange memories. I can't remember the day they were married, but they can tell you Ty Cobb's batting average in 1922. <laughs> well, George is different. Hey, Liz, where are you? You watch. The first thing he'll say when I walk into the breakfast room is, Happy anniversary, darling. I'll be listening at the door. Good morning, my wonderful little husband. Oh, morning, dear. Uh, <laughs> uh what is it, dear? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Oh, Liz. Yes, dear? This coffee is cold. Uh, well, I'll get some hot for you. George, are you just going to sit there reading the paper? Haven't you something to tell me? No. Uh, oh, certainly. I thought so. Dick Tracy found the jewel. Oh, <laughs> get your own coffee. Now, what's the matter with you? Haven't you any idea what this day is? Sure. Oh, my gosh, this is the day I have to send in my car payment. George, what was Ty Cobb's batting average in 1922? 385. Oh! He was right. She was. I didn't think she followed baseball. Oh, and I thought you loved me. Oh, well, I do, honey. <laughs> what 
What's the matter with you? You're sure acting crazy today. Well, a girl has a right to act crazy on her anniversary. Anniversary? It is. I mean, of course it is. Oh, I knew it all the time, dear. I was just teasing. Oh, you were? Of course. Well? Well, how could I forget our 15th anniversary? <laughs> now what's the matter? It's our 10th. It is. Well, it seemed like... <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't seem like so much wonderful fun could be crowded into ten measly years. Oh, oh really? Of course. <laughs> and if you don't believe I remembered our anniversary, look here in this little memo book of mine. There, what does that say? It says, buy anniversary present for Liz. See? Oh, George, you did remember. Ha <laughs> ha. How could I forget the luckiest day of my life? <laughs> say, uh, what are you supposed to give on the tenth anniversary anyway? Don't you know? No. Well, then I do. Uh, what is it? The lead? Pewter? No. Diamond wristwatches. <laughs> I never heard of that. Well, you wanna, you wouldn't want to give me just plain old diamonds. They have to be in something. So it might as well be a wristwatch. Liz, I don't have the money to buy you a diamond wristwatch. Well, how about just diamonds? How about just the wristwatch? <laughs> Okay. I'll see if I can find a tin one. Oh, you knew it all the time. Uh, honey, I'm afraid we'll have to buy each other inexpensive little gifts. Uh, we- we'll put a limit on it. All right, George. After all, it's the thought that counts. Shall we say $50? Shall we say $5? Well, let's compromise. I'll spend $5 for your present, and you spend $50 for mine. <laughs> Sorry, spendthrift. $5 is the limit. Hmm. Hey, it's getting late. I've got to get down to the bank. Isn't it funny, George? You work at the bank with all that money around, and yet you can only spend $5. Liz. Goodbye, George. <laughs> Goodbye, Liz. Happy anniversary. Happy Annie. Katie, here I am. Well, he remembered, didn't he? Mm. He had it written down in his book. I can't argue with that. I guess he remembered all right. Now, let's see. I have to buy him a present under the $5 limit. Where can I get $5? I think something's burning in the kitchen. Katie, come here. How much do you need, Mrs. Cooper? Well, I have a little saved. If you'll owe me $4.50, I can make it. I've only got two and a half. I'll take it. But that only makes $3. Well, it works out, don't you see? He gives me a $5 present, I give him a $3 tie, and he owes me $2. Oh? Boy, it was mighty good of you to come along and help me choose Iris' birthday present. Well, I'm glad you asked me, Mr. Atterbury. I have to buy Liz an anniversary present today. Oh? How long ago was your anniversary? Today. Today? How did you remember? I didn't. I forgot until Liz reminded me this morning. She thinks I remembered, though. You must be a fast talker, boy. <laughs> no, it's simple. I always carry a special memo book. On one page, it says, get Liz's birthday present. The next page says, get Liz's anniversary present. Uh-huh. Another one says, get Liz's valentine present. <laughs> That's pretty clever. <laughs> sure. No, no matter when she jumps on me, I can prove I made a note to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Iris just keeps mum. Every day that I've forgotten, she adds $10 to the cost of the present I have to buy her. <laughs> oh, brother. What are you getting her for her birthday? A mink coat. Mink? Her birthday was last fall. Oh, 
the mink. It was either the mink skin or mine. <laughs> oh, uh, say, here's the fur department. Uh, pardon me, miss, could you wait on us? Well, they asked me to stay here until the regular girl gets here. She's late. I never worked in furs before. Uh, if you'd like to wait for uh, us. No, no, we're in a hurry. Well, I'll try. I don't know my way around in furs. We understand. I know everything there is to know in nightgowns. That's my department. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd like to see some mink coats. Mink? Yes, mink. Oh, yes, sir. Time to see you. Oh, here's a lovely one here. A full length. Well, that's very, very nice. How much is it? Well, let's see. Oh, here's the tag. It's only $3,000. That's a lot of money. Well, I should say that's entirely too much. Uh, let me find you something else. No, no, let me see this one, please. Well, I should say not. $3,000? Why, I wouldn't let you spend that much. I want to see that. Uh, now, uh, let's get something cheaper. Uh, how about a nice Hudson seal? I don't want Hudson seal. Well, forget about the seal. For that money, you can get a new Hudson. <laughs> My wife would look pretty silly wearing a new Hudson. She doesn't have that step-down desire. <laughs> now, uh, would you mind putting that coat on so we can see how it looks? I look. You look very nice. Uh, what do you think, George? Oh, it's a beautiful coat. Oh, I've never worn mink before. <laughs> miss, Miss, would you stop twirling around, please? Oh, it feels so natural to be wearing mink. La, 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 la. Oh, miss. Ah, miss. La. Miss. Oh, I'd love to run barefoot through this. <laughs> If it looked any more natural, you'd be a mink. <laughs> oh, I love to run my hands over and hold it close to me. <laughs> uh, look, mink. I mean, miss. <laughs> if you can tear yourself away from that coat, wrap it up. Uh, yes, sir. And send it to Mrs. Rudolph Atterbury, 630 South Lucerne. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, before you wrap that up, miss, I'd like to buy a present for my wife, too. Oh, very well. What did you have in mind? What do you have for about five dollars? Uh, how about one of the buttons from this coat? No, I'm serious. Uh, do you have anything, oh, like a nightgown, maybe? Well, I have a nice nightgown for about fifteen dollars. Oh, all right. Size twelve. Oh, I'll bet I know what kind you want. Black, sheer, and lacy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wrap it as a gift and send it to Mrs. George Cooper, 321 Bundy. Yes, sir. I'll send both of them this afternoon. Well, come along, boy. We don't work bankers' hours, you know. Oh, that's right, we do. <laughs> oh, Katie, I can't wait. What do you think George will give me for my anniversary? I don't know, Mrs. Cooper. What can he get for five dollars? Yeah, that's right. All I could find for him was a belt. Well, that's practical. Well, if he doesn't spend more than five dollars on me, I'll really give him a belt. And I won't say Hickok on it either. Look, Mrs. Cooper, in front of the house, a delivery truck. Oh, it's my present. I know it is. See, the driver's getting it from the back of the truck. Oh, that's an interesting-looking package he's bringing in. It looks like it could be a, a dress or a robe. I'll get it. Package for Mrs. George Cooper. Oh, thank you. What is it? I don't know. It's wrapped so beautifully, I can't bear to open it. Oh, go ahead. Well, I should wait till George comes home. Yes, I'll wait. 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just take a teensy peek in one corner. Good. Some peek. Hey, look. Mr. Cooper didn't buy that for $5. Oh, it's the most beautiful one I've ever seen. Oh, Katie, I have the most wonderful, loving, sweetest, the most adorable husband in the whole world. And this is just what I wanted for an anniversary present. My first mink coat. Liz Cooper has just had the biggest surprise of her life when she received a... You've been friendly with him that long? I tended him longer than that. As of his life, when he finds out, he gave it to her. Well, actually, he bought her a nightgown, but the store delivered the mink coat by mistake. Right now, Mr. Atterbury is letting George off in front of his house. Good night, Mr. Atterbury. I hope Iris likes the mink coat. She will. I hope Liz is satisfied with that nightgown. Oh, she'll love it. I bet she's opened it already. Night. Good night. Hey, honey, I'm home. Wonderful husband. <laughs> oh, I love it, but but what's it all about, honey? Oh, my present came this afternoon. Well, honey, I'm glad you like it. Like it? I almost lost my mind over it. But George, all that money. Oh well, so I went a little over the limit. A little over. <laughs> oh, George. Uh, you liked it, huh? I put it on right away. No. Yes, I was so eager to show it off. I wore it down to the market. <laughs> you wore it to the market. You mean you wore that oh, to the... Oh, I know it isn't a thing to wear shopping, but I just couldn't resist. <laughs> didn't, didn't people stare at you? They couldn't keep their eyes off me. <laughs> oh, George, you should have seen everybody. <laughs> that cute little cashier wouldn't let me alone till I took it off and let her try it on. What? <laughs> didn't hurt anything, dear. Now, don't worry. I kept my eye on it all the time. Oh, that's great. But I hope you didn't catch cold. Cold in this weather? As a matter of fact, on the way home, I was so warm, I took it off and carried it over my arm. I'd be losing my mind. Didn't the policeman stop you? No. Well, didn't anybody notice the crowd that was following you? Well, why should a crowd follow me just because I was carrying my new mink coat? Liz, when you walked out, your new mink coat? Well, of course, and George is just perfect. The skins are beautifully matched, and the style is just what I would have picked out for myself. Oh. George. George, you look pale. You'd better sit down. Oh. Well, you could have waited till I got you a chair. What's the matter, George? Please, there's something I've got to explain. Now, don't worry, darling. I'm not going to scold you for going over the price limit. It's all right. I save two dollars on your present. Oh, but Liz... Oh, George, how did you know that all my life I've wanted a mink coat? I've dreamed about them at night, but I never thought I'd own one. But Liz... Are you trying to say something, you dear, sweet, wonderful, generous, thoughtful, marvelous husband, you? Yes, I... Happy anniversary, dear. Happy anniversary to you, too, darling. I'll get it. No, let me get it, dear. I have a feeling it's for me. All right, I'll put the coat on a model. Hello? Hello, George boy. Have you given Liz her present yet? Yes, Mr. Atterbury. Did you know the store got the packages mixed up, eh, boy? Yes, sir. Was Iris mad when she got the nightgown? Boy. 
Not only is she furious that she didn't get the mink coat, but she's not the black lace nightgown type. She's a long flannel girl. Well, wait till I tell you what happened here. Look, you... I'm calling from the drugstore. Iris locked me out of the house. Now, how soon can you get that coat down here? Well, well I've been trying to tell you, Mr. Atterbury. Liz thinks the coat is her anniversary present. What? Oh, you should see the look on her face. I don't have the heart to tell her. I'd like to see the look on her face when you tell her you're fired if you don't get that coat down here. I'll tell her, but can't I have a little time to sort of break it to her gently? Certainly, George. Take all the time you want. Oh. As long as you have it down here in ten minutes. Goodbye. <laughs> oh. Where are you, dear? Oh, well, how do you like your wife in a mink coat? Pretty, huh? Oh, no. They, they didn't send that one, did they? Why? What do you mean? Oh, that isn't the one I bought. I, oh, I, I, I wouldn't have you seen in that cheap old thing. Oh, come on. Take it off. I'll send it back. Well, George, you're the luckiest man in the world because I like this one. Think of all the money you'll save. Yeah. Let's go someplace. I want to show the coat off. I know. Let's go call on the out of there. Oh, no. Why not? Well, it, it, it isn't insured. It isn't safe to wear it out. Oh, well, then I'll call up and, and invite them over here. Uh, no, no, uh, Let's just spend a quiet evening at home, dear. Oh, I don't want to stay home. I'll get him. I wonder how my new hat would look with this coat. Yes, Mr. Atterbury? Where are you, boy? <laughs> you haven't given me any time, but besides, she won't take the darn thing off. I'll make her take it off. Turn the heat up. Hit her over the head. Chloroform. I don't care. That, that turning the heat up might do it. I, I'll put it up to 110 degrees. You, you just wait there. You'll have your coat. Wait here, nothing. I'm coming to your house. Now, please. I'll stand under the dining room window. If you don't hand that coat out to me in 15 minutes, I'll come in and tell Liz the truth. I'll have it, Mr. Atterbury. I, I'll turn the heat up right now. Liz, Liz, where are you? Here I am, darling. What are you doing? And why is every light on in the house? Oh, I was just going around seeing if my new coat went with each room. It clashes with the dining room, George. Well, let me change it for you. All right. Gray wallpaper would be nice. Uh, <laughs> aren't, aren't you a little warm, Liz? No, no. I'm just comfortable. Well, I guess it takes a while. What does? Uh, nothing. Uh, why don't you go to bed, Liz? Oh, I couldn't go to bed. The coat would get all crushed. <laughs> well, you don't have to wear it to bed, you know. I wonder if I could hang myself on a hanger and sleep in my coat all night. Liz, are you sure you aren't warm? I'm stifling. Phew. I guess it is a little warm, George. Look at the windows. They're all steamed up. Yeah. I, I don't know how you can stand it. Oh, I'm so happy with my little mink. I can't feel anything. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Asterville? Reggie, darling, how are you? <laughs> oh, what was that? Sounds like someone throwing pebbles at the window. No, you're hearing things. No, George, there's someone outside. Oh, they want to steal my coat, and it's not insured. Now, don't worry. I'll see who it is. Wait a minute. Are you insured? Yes. Well, go ahead, then. What? <laughs> don't worry. Nobody's going to steal anything while I'm in this house. Mr. Atterbury, where are you? Over here in the bushes. Don't you recognize me? I'm wearing a hibiscus over one ear. <laughs> now, give me the coat. I don't have it yet. Oh, you idiot. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> thinks there's a prowler out here. Now, I'll get her to give me the coat for safekeeping. You must stay right there. Hurry up. I've been here so long now, some ivy's growing up my left leg. <laughs> I'll hurry. 
a soul there. Well, I'm sure there was somebody there. Liz, if oh. there is someone there, they're after the coat. Oh. Now, now, you'd better let me take it and lock it in the closet until morning. Well, all right, dear. Here you are. Good night, little mink. Ah, oh, thank you. Hey, what's that? Boy, that was fast action. Huh? Well, what are you talking about? The police. While you were outside, I called and told them there was a prowler in our garden, and they got him. Oh, no, no! I felt awful about George buying me that beautiful coat when I had practically nothing for him. So, well, I made a compromise, and I bought him a wonderful present. Oh, George, I've been waiting for you. Liz, I have no time to waste. I have to tell you something. Not until I give you your anniversary present, dear. It's a day late, but I think you'll like it. Here. Why, Liz, that's the most beautiful watch I've ever seen. It's platinum, George. And it tells everything. The hour, the minute, the second, the day, the year, and the phases of the moon. Oh, Liz, honey. Oh, gee, it makes me feel like a heel to tell you this now, but, well, that mink coat doesn't belong to you. What? Well, Mr. Atterbury bought it for Iris, and I bought you a black lace nightgown, and the clerk got the packages mixed up. There, I said it. Oh! Oh! Oh, I'm sorry, oh. honey, but where's the coat? Oh! What's the matter? I haven't got it. You haven't got it? Well, where is it? I exchanged it for a mink jacket and booked your watch with a difference. My favorite husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.